You are listening to the Krika Lecture Series podcast, produced by the Center for Russia, East Europe, and Central Asia at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This and other Krika podcasts are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. For more information about Krika's lecture series and public events, visit our website at krika.wisc.edu. appreciate about the Creek Lecture Series is that we hear from such a, a diversity of voices, um, scholars but also practitioners in the field. And um, today we're going to hear from uh, Irina Yonushek, uh, and I'm going to ask a community member and someone who's familiar to a lot of you who attend the Creek Talks, uh, David Knudy, to introduce her. Irina Janicek. Irina Janicek is a real international person. She knows many languages and cultures and is very much involved in bringing people together through language. She also is a leader of a new kind of civic action by volunteers in non-governmental organizations that gives Polish society a greater strength for humanitarian action and to solve social problems. This makes her very qualified to tell us about how Poles and Ukrainians are working together this time. She was born in Western Ukraine in 1978 and graduated from the university with a degree in English and German studies. After graduation, she left Ukraine because of limited opportunities and the depressing corruption of post-Soviet society. She quickly found a 20-year career teaching language in Polish schools. Along the way, she has continuously developed her qualifications as a certified scientific translator. With her dynamic energy, she eventually founded her own language school known as the Success Factory in Kaszalin, where she lives. She lives in Kaszalin in northwest Poland, an area where many Ukrainians have also settled. She has remained deeply attached to Ukraine and Ukrainian culture. She has visited there almost every summer and has high hopes that Ukraine could continue to find its way to democracy and become a normal European country. Her brothers participated in the Maiden Square uprising and one fought in the continuing war in the Donbas. Then the unspeakable happened Russia launched its invasion, and suddenly hundreds of Ukrainian refugees arrived in her town. She worked with local leaders to organize a positive response and personally placed hundreds of families in housing. She then um, has been conducting language classes to teach Polish to refugees and how to adapt to Poland. She has a great story to tell and many insights into the evolving ration between Poles and Ukrainians. How did she get to here today? About 15 years ago, we met Irina while traveling with a German group who was visiting their former homes in a now Polish town. Irina translated and put up some visitors, including us. This began a 15-year friendship, and we have exchanged visits and collaborated on projects ever since. This is a special occasion because she is here on her honeymoon with her new husband, Tomasz. 
But Irina is always ready to work with us on a new project and to share her passions. So here she is. So good afternoon. It's really a huge honor for me to be here to present my point of view. I don't know how my English will be now. Uh, Sigrid said that I eat the consonants. So forgive me, please. Hi, um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm a little bit uh, short. It is a uh, short time after my trip, after 30 hours trip. So that's why I will try so hard. And you have also my story printed. And I, I hope that that will help, okay? So uh, I was born in Soviet Ukraine in a, uh, a worker family, yeah, and it was simple family without any important positions, and that's why at my home we don't so yeah. think about about communism. We can uh, be religious. Yes, we can have uh, have our our traditions and so on. When I came to school, I read a lot. And what I read in our school uh, first, there were a lot of communist slogans. When I right. when I pronounce when I say the proem in the class, I see Marx and Lenin in front of me. You know, uh, I would. Can we get the screen up? Okay, we're, we're working, working on, on it. it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I will. I will tell you a little bit of my story, and I will show you the the, the slides. And I think that all together, I know nobody uh, likes when uh, um, the lecture only read what is yeah, written, and I'll try to tell the story, not to read it. Uh, how it was in our school. So we heard a lot okay. about Lenin, uh, about uh, Marx, about communism. Yeah, we heard a lot about wonderful country we live in, Soviet Union. Okay. Uh, I was a perfect Soviet child. I was idealistic, and I dreamt to be a pioneer, pioneer, a communist okay. in the future. I work. I dreamt to work for our big, huge country. Okay, and that shows how propaganda worked. Yeah, I, I was seven and was deeply, uh, I was deeply sure that everything I said, what um, I am told at school is the truth, okay? And um, yeah. I, my favorite book was uh, the book of Russian writer Gaidar, Timur and his team, yeah? So I organized a team in our village with my classmate, and we went from home to home to help Elder, help elderly people with watering the garden, with, uh, I don't know, with cleaning the house and so on. So uh, I was really sure that I do something good. My favorite magazine was the satirical okay. magazine I called. I, I think it's up now. So Sorry. I will wait. For what? No, that's fine. Okay. I think it's working now. So do you want to advance? You, you okay. should be able to advance yeah. to. 
Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, apologies. Okay, thank you so much. It's working now. Okay, this is the small town where okay, I live in Ukraine. Yeah, that's west part of Ukraine. It is very important because uh, there we really uh, we spoke Ukrainian. Okay, and we don't uh, we didn't have such bad experience with Russia at the beginning because Russia was so far away. Okay, it is it was easy for me to believe in what they said uh, to me in school, okay? So look at that, yeah? That's me, yeah? <laughs> this perfect Soviet child with a star. Who is inside? Lenin, yeah? So <laughs> it was, you know, uh, it was Timur yes, and his team, yeah? So that, that was my hero and I tried to be like him. Okay, good. And this paprika, this satirical magazine, I I was uh, fa the fan of. Yeah, you can see how how terrible America was. Yeah, how terrible, dirty capitalism, and so on. Yeah, and everybody told me you are so lucky living here. Okay, uh, here, peace and Soviet Union here west so every every week every uh, week we saw we watched another film about uh, second world war nobody knows and knew in my class that american aliens took place in in this war this was only soviet union and only fascists only german that's all, okay? And when I was seven, I was very afraid of war, okay? Because we live near the west border of the Ukraine, and every time I think that this bad west will attack us, okay? And I remember all this, all these dreams. It was, it was really, it was really terrible, okay? Uh, when Perestroika came, uh, people start talking about different details from our history. So, and I was a teenager. I was so disappointed while, while the facts I knew was not the truth, okay? I saw my teachers who started going to the church. Earlier, they said, no God, okay? I saw the people who start, uh, starting, starting to take Ukrainian flag. I couldn't believe what happened. Where is the truth? The truth was earlier and now, okay? At my home, my family started to tell me the story the local stories. For example, three uh, kilometers from my house in the forest, Soviet army killed uh, more than 3,000 political prisons. My grandma was a witness when all the column of these prisoners were led to this salt 
shot, and they were not killed with the weapon. They were, what it was Club. this? Clubbed? Clubbed. It was terrible, terrible uh, death. And only one of these 3,000 people managed to, to went out of this soldier. It was really, it was really terrible uh, in our history. So people starting telling about uh, repression, yeah, about uh, um, true face of Soviet army. Okay, there were so many facts, and I need to start believing in them because the history they taught us early in, in the school was the lie from all the beginning. Uh, in January 1991, uh, Ukraine, Ukraine uh, began to be independent. And we, will, we were like uh, small children, very happy. But everything what started to be then was for us really very difficult. Um, during the Soviet Union, everything was organized in such a way. For example, man furniture manufacturer of my father yeah, produced furniture for uh, Georgia, for example. But elements for this furniture came from Latvia. Okay? And when perestroika, when Soviet Union collapsed, everything stopped. No one in our uh, city had work. We had five manufacturers in this small town. And in two years, everything, were, uh, everything was closed. People started to feel what the poverty is. I remember times, I was at the university then, we even couldn't have anything for dinner except the potatoes. When the potatoes harvest was not, uh, uh, when there was no potatoes harvest, so it does mean that we won't have anything for eating in the winter. Okay, so I, I think that in 21st century, in 20th century, yeah, it, it, it couldn't be the situation when the people uh, have not, nothing for eat, yeah? So I'm, I'm not too old, I'm only 44, yeah? And I know what the hunger is. The people start also talking about uh, the great famine in the East Ukraine. Uh, it's also about 10 million Ukrainian killed by the uh, famine. It, it was, uh, I, I think uh, you, uh, you, you know, knew, know this story. Uh, that's all was for me a shock. So the good Soviet army, okay? Uh, good people who uh, do all the best for, for, for the world. And here there were so facts. Uh, I always would like to be a journalist. It was my dream, but it was impossible. Even I really studied well, studied well and I had a good marks. Uh, at the university, you should pay uh, almost 5,000 in bribe 
to get at the university. So no one look at your marks, yeah? Terrible fact is that a lot of um, children of rich people got into medicine university. But I know some of them, and they were not good students. I will never go to such a doctor, yeah? Because you know, they have this 5,000 money in bribe to pay for this university. But I don't think they will buy a new brain for them at that time, you know? I just, <laughs> and this why I don't have, I don't uh, trust the doctors nowadays in the Ukraine, this young one. Probably they will, so they, they learned, but I don't, I, I'm not sure, okay? <laughs> so, and uh, my dream to be a, a journalist was not, uh, well, um, so didn't come true because of this bribe, and I started my study at the university, ped pedagogical university in the Hobbit, and at <laughs> when I thought about it, that I should start my study as at the pedagogical university, that I should be a teacher. I told myself, oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't want to go there. I uh, better go to the, uh, to, so go, go to, I, I don't know, uh, monastery. Monastery, yeah, yeah, monastery. It was really, but, but the life shows that it was not the, the, uh, the uh, worst choice. I will show you some uh, slides. This is our church. This church was closed during Soviet uh, times. My, uh, in this church, we have secret masses. My parents went to these secret masses, okay? And this is year uh, one, uh, 1989, uh, the church was opened. That's me here in this welcoming, uh, welcoming, uh, welcome, welcome bread and salt tradition, Ukrainian tradition. And this is the place three kilometers from my, uh, for my uh, home in the forest. Okay. So, and this is time uh, when the Ukraine became independent. Good. So after my university, I, deci I decided to move to Poland. At the, my third year, I have heard uh, that uh, in Poland they need foreign language teachers, and that was my chance. When I come uh, to Poland, I come to West Pomeranian area. This area was not so easy for Ukrainian, because in this area uh, were resettled uh, many Ukrainians and Poles from the Ukrainian-Polish uh, border, not far from the border, from a province, Lviv, Ivano-Frankivsk, and Volynian. And then uh, there were a lot of Ukrainians uh, here in the area, and that there, uh, then I first heard about massacre in Volynian. Never taught me in the Ukraine about this massacre. Uh, Ukrainian nationalists 
killed uh, almost 100,000 Poles during the Second World War. Um, and uh, so they, uh, they started in 1943 and ended in 1945. Uh, nobody until now, uh, nobody from Hollerman said, forgive us for this, uh, for this uh, uh, experience. And that's why Poles and Ukrainian and the area when, where I came uh, really hated each other, okay? All my story, I would like to show you how this relation between Ukrainian and Poles were uh, really difficult. And when the war in uh, 2014 started, yeah, the Poles were the first for helping refugees. Okay? And the history between our nations were not so sweet. So they told me about this massacre. Massacre? Massacre. Massacre. About this massacre. And I couldn't believe. I started to find the information in different sources. Uh, uh, German-speaking, historian, English-speaking, because, you know, I would like to have objective uh, thinking or opinion of someone, not Poles, not Ukrainian, because every of this uh, nation will say, no, it was not, not so bad, or it was really bad from the side of Poles. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I found many facts that it was so real uh, events, and many uh, Poles should uh, run out of Volhynia. Many Ukrainians killed, but many Ukrainians also helped this. Uh, to res rescue, to run away from, the, from this part of Ukraine. The whole Polish villages were born. And you know, when I told now my family about this, my mom said, be quiet. We don't speak about this here. So they will, they will kill you for these words, yeah? You are Ukrainian how you can tell the story, how you can, uh, so how you can believe in it, yeah? But I try to say that not, I'm not responsible for this, but, but I should know that it was a, an historical fact. So my, oh my God. <laughs> So, and uh, this was uh, really the area where Ukrainian means someone brutal, someone aggressive, and I started my new life in Polish school. From the very beginning, I tried to show that in every nation, we have good and bad people, okay? There are not only bad people in the Ukraine, and Ukraine, can be really liked. And I show it to my 
students. I organize different uh, trips to the Ukraine. I organize different uh, events in my school. I, I try to show Ukrainian culture. I try to share Ukrainian traditions, inviting many my, many my friends to my home, showing, for example, my Christmas Eve tradition uh, and other traditions. And um, this was my way to be uh, a national, to be patriot, patriot of my country. Because I think not these this slogans, yeah, not uh, being in the first row of demos demonstration shows your patriot. You should be a good man, you should do your uh, wor work well, yeah, you should be good for the others. And this is being good for your country because when someone will see you treating another well, so they will treat you well too. Yeah, this would be a good picture of your country. So everybody knows and I observe, observe all the events in the Ukraine. Every year I uh, went to my country and uh, so I'm 40, uh, 44 now. 22 years I used to live in the Ukraine. 22 years I live in Poland. I can say that Poland is my second homeland because it gives me gives me a lot. Yeah, I could work in my uh, in my profession. I could develop myself. I could raise my children there. Uh, there, so I could meet the, such great people like David and Sigrid there. I could travel around uh, the world, and I I am really appreciated for everything. I also never forget about, uh, I, I have never forgotten about my roots. I'm Ukrainian. And so that's, that's you know, I'm, I always told to my children, you are so rich because in you, ha you have two cultures together, yeah? Our Ukrainian cultures and our Polish, yeah? So you, you can, uh, I, I also uh, observe what happening in the Ukraine. I will, was full of, I was full of hope uh, during this uh, orange uh, revolution. I was so happy that my nation started, uh, started to change uh, its mind, started to be, so uh, we're not, agree, didn't agree to have president criminalist who twice was in prison, yeah? That they would like to, uh, to put their eyes into, into, um, into the direction of West, yeah? That's what, that altogether was really very uh, important for me. And in this moment, I would like also tell you about the vision uh, between West in, and East uh, Ukraine, because it is also very, um, very important moment. So uh, this is Taras Shevchenko, our great poet. He was born in uh, Pro, uh, Cherkaska province. This is the so south of, of the Ukraine. In his poems, 
there are so many, uh, so many, uh, uh, so many words who uh, said that Russia is not good for us. Yeah, this one is although the maidens fall in love, but not with Muscovitan. Okay, everywhere I know, I know uh, almost half of these poems, and there were, there is a lot of speech. Do not, uh, so be not uh, in friendship with Russia because they don't understand you. Uh, this great famine uh, I was talking about, so uh, East and Central Ukraine was very long after the First uh, World War, uh, Soviet Ukraine, yeah? And Russia, I think they ne have never uh, admired that we have our own right to be uh, free, to be independent. And that's why everything was done. Uh, the intelligence was killed. Uh, the Ukrainian language was killed. Uh, I spoke with my students from the Eastern Euro, uh, Eastern Ukraine, and they, everybody speaks Russian. And they said that in Kshiveruk, for example, this huge city, there was only one Ukrainian-speaking <coughs> school. One of them would like to visit Ukrainian school. But it was in the uh, second part of the city, and her mother started, stopped thinking about it. Yeah? They all speak Russia. Most of these uh, people, after Ukraine um, got independent, they had their work, yeah? Because this is industrial area. So they live like in Soviet Union. They have work, they have their house. Nothing changed a lot. West Ukraine, we don't have industrial area. And that's why many of my neighbors, like me, left Ukraine to Europe to earn some money. Every time when I come home, I expected that some, something will change. And would change, yeah? And it changed, but in private houses. So uh, my mom and another sent some money to their families, so the families have money for food, have money for uh, so reno renovation and so on. So every house, every yard looked really nice, but everything was depend on government, was every year worse and worse. It was getting every year worse and worse, okay? For example, streets everywhere, yeah? It, it, it was, you know, it was uh, the topic of really huge amount of jokes, our, our, uh, our roads, okay? Good. Euromaidan. Okay, good. It's Euromaidan. So, and uh, he, um, the, the fact that many Ukrainians spoke, uh, spoke Russian was, for me, not a problem at the beginning, yeah? In two, uh, five years ago when I started, to, to learn to teach Polish in, uh, in, in for Ukrainian, for Slavic people, yeah? 
it was a good for me because Ukrainian speaking uh, people didn't need my help. So Ukrainian and Polish is very similar to each other and that's why Ukrainian learned, uh, Ukrainian speaking uh, people learned this uh, language very quickly, okay? All my students were Russian speaking. Now I can see that our language will define our country, the borders, yeah? Because now, so these Russian-speaking people are rescued of Ukrainian nationalists nowadays. Okay, these are my projects here, my students in Ukrainian school in Lviv. Here we, we are uh, doing some projects, okay? Here also in my school, in Lviver Opera. So um, this is very huge project I organized. Ukrainian students came to us uh, here in Poland. We, we learned how to, uh, how to get the job here also, okay? And here is my, uh, my company, oh, my company start, and starting my uh, teaching Polish as foreign language. Uh, I think that more than 1,000. I think they would be interested to know how you, when the people arrived, how you organized the reception for them. Okay, so I will, I will finish with my Ukrainian life in Poland oh, during okay. the peace, and then I'll start telling the, so, okay? <laughs> you saw I divided it. So there were, uh, this is uh, a year ago uh, for Ukrainian children, okay? And when this uh, 24th of February came, so I think that every Ukrainian has its own story to tell about this day. My morning started with a, a phone call from my friend. She told me, Ukraine, uh, Irina, uh, something is happened. They bombing Kyiv. Uh, Russia started the war. Uh, I ran to the TV almost breaking my legs. It was terrible. At the beginning, I couldn't believe. I thought that it would be three days and Ukraine would be not free. I called all my relatives. I called all my uh, friends in the Ukraine asking, how are you? Um, the whole day I was sitting in front of TV because so watching the news and so do all my friends, all people I know. Uh, so they expected something will happen now, now, so in two days, in one day. Next day, I started, when I heard the information that, that so many refugees came to Polish border, my brother uh, lived not far from Ukrainian-Polish border, and he told me also, Irina, uh, there, there, there are many of them. Uh, women. First, first, there was this uh, politician and uh, another people who uh, stole a lot of money in here in their Lamborghini, Porsche, and another uh, cars. They were the first in the border with all these millions and so on. Yeah, it was 
terrible. Then come uh, different, uh, then come women, my brother and his neighbors organized the um, organized the help for this uh, for these people because they were very tired, um, mostly women and uh, children, and the border was nobody nobody expected so huge wave of refugees. When I heard about that, I knew that in some days, in two three days all these refugees will come also to our area. Because, you know, uh, the places not far from border were full of refugees, yeah? Uh, all the schools, all the halls, and so on. At the beginning, the people were calling me and telling, how can I help you? But I didn't know how can they help. Because, you know, I'm only, uh, an Ukrainian so business woman, I, I don't have any tools to know how to help. Okay, but then uh, together with the women clubs, women clubs is uh, here. Uh, this is the women club uh, volunteers organization I belong to. We organized uh, eight point for refugees uh, on Friday, the next day after starting war. We, so you can see here a lot of bags. Everything will done through the media, through the Facebook, Instagram, and so on. When we uh, tell that we are collecting the help for refugees, many people came with uh, clothes, with pampers, with everything, with chemi chemical things and so on. Um, a lot, a lot of stuff, really a lot of stuff. In two days, we have two rooms full, uh, full of uh, products. Uh, our chairwoman, Viola, uh, she, uh, she had a list of accommodation. And she told me, Irina, people are calling me that they would like to, um, to take some refugees to their houses. And she wrote all these houses' addresses. How many people do they want and for how long and so on. Um, simply people, Poles, really wanted to help. They don't know how. I take this list and I make a post on Facebook. People in Koshalin and area, because of my Polish language courses, knew me. And they started to call me. So, and that, that was like tornado. On Saturday, when I post this, uh, when I post this information on Facebook, the telephone rings all the time. And it was like that for two or three weeks. Um, I, after seven days, I, I was a little bit afraid of this mobile phone because every ring means that you should decide what to do with these people. You know, it's, it was really a very, very hard time, yeah? Uh, personally, my emotions were, I have never had so, felt so bad 
like uh, during the first week of war, of the war. Because effort, these emotions, I, I felt pain until the bones. It was, I uh, uh, cried a lot and I lost seven kilos because, you know, it's, it was something what is uh, difficult to describe when you know that in your uh, country, so many people can, can die, yeah? that so many people, so many parts of uh, your country is, so, is involved. There is 22nd century and we have war in the middle of, of the Europe. It's, it's really, okay? So we, we, we uh, these are all these uh, posts from Facebook. Uh, every post was shared 60, 200, 500 times. It was, we made also a group, Koshalin Helps. On this group, everybody uh, can post here, uh, uh, his information, what do you need, how many refugees, and so on, and so on. Uh, here uh, are the log uh, logotypes, lo logos, from all the non-governmental organizations who were the first uh, with the help in my city. Because the city hall was not the one who knows what to do at the beginning of the war. I was on Monday, I was on the online meeting with all uh, NGOs in our town and also with uh, people from the city hall. Yeah? And when I saw that they really don't know what, what to do, I cried. Because, you know, I, I, at the beginning, this help uh, was like uh, a, a Titanic. So we sent a lot of bus, buses. We sent so, a lot of uh, food at the border, yeah? And I know pause. I was afraid that in one month, in three weeks, they were getting tired with helping. And the second wave of refugees will be the third and so on. Yeah? That it was, so after two weeks, the uh, government, our government, really knows what to do. If not the simply citizens, I think the refugees will uh, will sleep uh, will, uh, would sleep in uh, different forests and so on. Yeah, so many people wanting helping, uh, want, uh, wanting to help. I have never seen. You know. So many calls, so many, so many people who take different stuff to these eight points. We divided our, our tasks uh, and um, uh, science uh, for, uh, so this foundation uh, started to take, uh, to organize aid from Western Europe, from German, from Belgian and so on, because uh, people from there would like to help, but how to get all this uh, aid to Poland? Then Diakonia, um, uh, they organize uh, they organize uh, different uh, stuff for children. 
Pracownia pozarządowa, this is foundation uh, which take care of refugees at our city sport home. There were about 150 people there. And then uh, this foundation, they take care of mothers and children in their um, social housing. Then uh, Maesternia Union, they prepare, they uh, collect uh, different products and uh, everything what the uh, military needs, so in the church. Uh, here is Union of Ukrainian, they also take care of um, refugees. So we can say this is only my little city, 100,000 people living there. In the time without war in our Koshanin was I think 11,000 Ukrainian who came for earning money. So at that time, Poles and Ukrainian are getting a lot, so start, started to forget about the history because Ukrainian are the, were good workers and Poles need someone to work in the fact at the factories and so on. At that time, Poland was a green island in this crisis in uh, Europe, okay? And that's why, so there, are, there were a lot of Ukrainians and their relatives also came to Koshalin, yeah? They were from Eastern uh, Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine. Okay, so these are announcements I put uh, on Facebook here about uh, the help of psychologists, uh, here psychologists. Uh, uh, psychologists, here some uh, announcement about work for refugees. And it, on the, uh, at the end of March, I decided to organize Polish language courses for refugees. So then, uh, I think the um, purpose of these courses what was not only to help uh, refugees learn Polish. Yeah? I would like to, sh to make for them the place where they can meet each other. Yeah? Tell, uh, so speak about their experience. Have the, the, the activity, the place, to go and not to think about the war. Um, we had 350 people, mostly, most of every, everything, uh, every, uh, that, that were, were women my, uh, mainly. And during, we have also 12 uh, uh, volunteer uh, lectures. There's what that was, was actors, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, journalists, nobody earlier taught Polish. But I gave them some materials, I gave them a lot of uh, pr my presentations, uh, I showed them how I did it, yeah, because uh, I all, so for Ukrainian, they all, and they, often said to me, you know, I'm uh, like a dog. I, ever, I understand everything, but I cannot speak, okay? <laughs> so I try, I try to say uh, to these lectures, yeah? 
tried to make for them Polish clearly, show some endings, show some, you know, the aim was not to learn, to teach uh, Polish perfectly, yeah? That was everything about being together, yeah? Being together, and after three months of these courses, we can see that these women started smiling. They found their place in, uh, in Koshalin, okay? They helped each other, dividing different information, how, start, how to start living here, yeah. yeah? It was, you know, uh, I don't have a lot of pictures of this time, yeah? Here uh, we have, at the end of this course, oh, uh, these are all refugees and, and lectures. Here is Tomek uh, and his group, yeah? Here, here is me with my group, and here also one of uh, the lectures with his group. Because at the beginning, when I saw so many photos on Facebook, you know, I help refugees, yeah, and photos. So me giving, so some person giving uh, some food or something to refugees, and these refugees, so this was, that was not monkeys. It was not circus to show all that. It's, it's, not, it's really nothing special to help the, the other people in such a situation. You don't need to promote yourself for every, you know. It was, now is, the situation is a little bit another, yeah? But at the beginning, these people were so afraid they were in, uh, foreign countries without anything, yeah? No documents, no clothes, anything. Only they and their children. This is the end of these courses, and this is my last project, and also the reason of my new idea, because I would like to, uh, for, uh, to form a foundation uh, because I would like to, to build the platform between Ukrainian and Pol uh, Polish youth, young people. Uh, when I had these Polish language courses, I met 20 of Ukrainian students who studied uh, online, okay, uh, at their Ukrainian school. They had e-learning. So they had no chance to meet uh, Polish teenagers. And they told me it was good to meet someone, to get known with someone of young people. And uh, I decided to make such project, the performance. In this performance, uh, take Ukrainian and Polish young people part. We spent many, many hours together, and I hope that uh, young people are our future. They don't remember Volin and Second World War. They don't remember all these um, event, uh, mad events in our history, and I think to make good neighborhood in Koshalin, we need to uh, do many, many uh, activities like this.
not only helping refugees, because for Poles, the time now is the time when uh, volunteers and free help is stopped. We have also difficult situation in Poland, inflation and so on, okay? Problem with electricity and Poles started uh, to say, so we, we, gave, we give so much money for refugees, yeah? Refugees are in our schools. We need to go in, uh, so in morning and uh, in uh, afternoon shift. shift, shift. Okay, so uh, Polish women are, uh, are afraid that Ukrainian women will take the Polish men, their husband, yeah, boyfriends, and so on. Yeah, I, when I first uh, thought about it, it was funny for me. But but the truth is that uh, long, long time, Paul in Poland, they say that Ukrainian is a good. Uh, Ukraine are the good material for uh, for being a good uh, uh, wife. Yeah, they are very focused at their husbands or partners. You know, so there are a lot of uh, uh, there are a lot of problems nowadays, and I think that the mistake will be to make ghettos for this Ukrainian. Yeah, and we need to try to find the point when all these people will cooperate, okay? That's, you know, refugees started, I met a lot of them. I translate their documents, and I see that mostly these are the people for the Eastern Ukraine, yeah? For the area which is in war flame. Uh, and we, I think they, they will be, in, the, uh, in Poland as long as it will be needed. And then they will turn back to Ukraine, okay? So, and uh, I, I wrote in my presentation that I hate uh, Russian. So I have never hated anybody because I always said that in every nation we have good and bad people and we don't we we are it, it's mistake to to uh, to think about the whole nation yeah they are bad or something like that but i cannot understand how nowadays with all this access to the information in internet can they believe that it is only uh, operation not uh, war how can they want my nation be destroyed? So I, uh, many of Ukrainians I'm talking with, they say also, we hate Russian. I, uh, I know that there are many, there are, so not many, but percent <laughs> of, <laughs> of them that think another. I know how propaganda worked. I was a perfect Soviet child, okay? But nowadays, when we have, we have, uh, we have to find the truth, try to find the truth, okay? And I think that every, that one day, the war, and <coughs> this day will be not 
in the far future, but this year or maybe next year, Ukraine will win because this is the only option for us. For many centuries, uh, many Ukrainians were killed or also were killed by, by Russian, by Russia, by uh, all this ideology, ideology. And so we don't have, we don't have chance to live peaceful life if Ukraine will be with Russia, because they will never give us this chance for normal living. It will be repression again, severe, and so on. Okay? Believe me, and I hope that the world will not forget that the war is in the Ukraine, and they will help. And what gives me a big hope, this are smart guys in Pentagon, in NATO, who help more, much more, than I think it is written in newspapers or something like that. Because I don't think that Ukrainian army would be as strong as she is now without stretchy, uh, stretchy, uh, stretchy uh, without information, without, uh, I don't know, dividing the knowledge is how to do with this, with all this stuff, yeah? Okay, thank you very much and so that's all from me.